God. This week's depressing, man. Isn't it, though? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Fun, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Portress, and we are back yet again, and I am joined by Matt Smith. As always, I'm here. We're... And we got a lot of stuff to talk about, folks. We are going to be talking about the Oscars. They dropped on Sunday nights. There's some uh, not-so-surprises, and then there's some surprises, and then there's some surprises. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of those and uh, figure out what what's what. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I, th- I think you do. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some of that. We're going to talk about some of the injustices that go around in the world, and we're not just talking about Selma. Uh, we're talking <laughs> other kind of stuff. Uh, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, The Kingsman, because you finally got to see that. So we're going to talk a little bit about The Kingsman. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're going to jump into uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. I know everybody was wanting that, right? Uh, everyone should have been wanting it. They were like, Are you not wanting it? Well, I don't know that I was not not wanting it. I mean, it, it was... is the best thing I've ever seen where someone's dick gets shot off. Well, in the first 30 minutes. In the first 30 minutes. You have to clarify. <laughs> it's within the first 30 minutes. If there's ones that are after that first 30 minutes, uh, you know, we can talk about that. It's, there might be some differences. You don't know. It's the best movie I've ever seen where the entirety of the film's plot is predicated on that guy's dick. Predicated. <laughs> I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. This entire movie would not happen if one's man's dick didn't get shot off. But no spoilers yet. We'll get there. No, that's not a spoiler. That's a main plot point. That's the only plot point. Oh, man. Uh, So let's get into this first little bit here, because frankly, it's been too long. And uh, we finally... Got another iTunes review. And first of all, I want to say thank you very much to this guy. He has uh, been a big supporter over at Here Movie Podcast, and he has started listening over here, and it is very much appreciated. And so if you were an HMP listener and you've come over this way, first of all, thank you very much. We really appreciate yeah, that. welcome. I'm glad that you're uh, listening to my inanity. And you can hear, you know, you're like, wow, this is a lot dirtier than I had previously imagined. <laughs> This <laughs> Well, I mean, we're not talking about queefing all the time. No, not 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 quite that, but uh, you know. Uh so so Martin on uh, our fan of over HMP, he was just like, I thought you just talk like fix it Felix all the time. And I was like, No, <laughs> it's it's a lot worse than that. We clean it up for that show. Uh but uh so yeah it's if... like superheroes. No nobody brought their kids to hot tub time machine no. except for the family next to me. <laughs> More on that later. Oh, dude, speaking of that, there's like, there's these like things that I'm sure you've seen in the pre-show there where they're like, hey, it's like basically a video photo booth where you can go and review your shit and whatever, and they'll throw it up on the screen. This like, this, this, this Latino family is on there and they're just like, we went, it's like a a husband, a wife and a little daughter must be like six, somewhere in that neighborhood, maybe even a little younger. And they go, hey, what's up? Yeah, we just went to see, uh, what was it called? Uh. Dumb and Dumber 2. I'm like, why are you taking this, like, six-year-old girl to this R-rated movie? 
And why are they showing their review of this? Wait, was Dumb and Dumber 2 really R-rated? That was R-rated. I'm fairly certain. Holy shit. I'm fairly certain. But even if it weren't. Fairly certain. Six years, you should maybe not even. You should not have brought. I'm sitting there going, they brought a child to that movie. First of all, to bring anyone to that movie would be. It is PG 13. Well, it's a hard PG 13. But I would imagine it's pushing it. Yeah, it's it's pushing it. I it's wow though. First of all, I mean that should just be child endangerment right there because that movie was just horrible. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Child I'm social social week, services could be, be on my uh, what you've been watching next week. It's on. It's on like. DVDs. I'll be interested to see your thoughts on it because me not worth waiting you know twenty years, literally twenty years to see that. Well, film. nothing's worth that. Mm. Most people only wait twenty years to die, and who wants to do that? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Starting on a downhill slope, dude. Well, anyway, goodbye, back to the review. Back to the review. So this is uh, from our good friend uh, Hunter Campbell, Hunter Sean here on the uh, thing. It is uh, five stars, which is highly appreciated. My own freaking brother didn't give me five fucking stars. <laughs> Just saying. Well, at the at the point that he did review us, his his point was valid. We we did have three hour shows. The shows a, were three hour show. Yeah, they were very long back then. So he, he makes a salient point and we took a long time to get to the reviews. We did a lot of funny, weird, we were testing it out, man. You test the waters with new shows. You don't know what it is. And we got kind of a little groove now, but anyways, back to Hunter's review. <laughs> Jesus. Talk about tangents. That also used to be the theme of this show was tangents. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this one is entitled, uh, cream rises to the top, a five star review. It reads as such. Yeah, there are some movie-related podcasts. Uh, Oh, wait. There are more movie-related podcasts than Rednecks at a Tractor Pole. Sure, there are. You can. uh, Sure, they. I should have read this ahead of time. Jesus, man. You want me to read it? You read it. I'm no good. Hold on. I got to pull it up. I don't have my glasses. (laughs) I don't have my glasses on right now, and I'm reading it. I have an iPhone 6 Plus, and I'm still just like, those fucking words are small. I'm going to pull it up. That's what she said. Thank you, everybody. Whatever, well whatever. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to go off of something. I don't care. We're, we're it's what we call vamping in the business. <laughs> All right, so read it. Uh, here we go. <laughs> uh, from Hunter Sean. Yeah, there are more movie pod, movie related podcasts than rednecks at a tractor pull. Sure, they all try to do things to set themselves apart. Only a few succeed in this pursuit, such as this podcast. The film find is what a movie review cast should be: humorous, scathing entertaining and intelligent give it a listen if you have brain cells you will agree mic drop son boom i i do think it's also scatological that's uh, true addition it's a bit of that going on scathing. no doubt uh, i'm sure that we've we've dealt with our fair share of poop related things <laughs> on this show i think we Lately, came up we've with... been talking a lot about fuck pads i realized the other day <laughs> Yeah, we have. It was just like just I, because of the virtue of what movies are coming. Out. It's like, do, do these guys just review movies about people getting it on? <laughs> this week, this week on Skinamax After Dark. Yeah, right. Well, you know, three stars you've that, never heard of. Speaking of that, what whatever happened to that like uh, Marilyn Manson, Evan Rachel Wood Skinamax flick that was going to happen? That just sounds like Nightmare in a Bottle. I could not wait for it oh but but apparently it's uh it's it's on the back burner i don't know well while we do our, are like, they still uh, together i don't know that couldn't be that's been too long that shit uh i don't think they are couldn't um, be 
Who can? Who could be? Who's just like were, I'm going to be in a committed relationship with Marilyn Manson? That's just like going, hey, look, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the, uh, the amusement park, and I'm never going to leave. Well, I mean, there are people like that. They're called carnies. <laughs> yeah, and people uh, stay away from them. God, I wonder if this is still on. Hold on, let me check her. Uh... I can't believe this is a thing that you're even remotely interested in. <laughs> He's going to cut, like, look, Marilyn Manson takes off his clothes, and, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't hate the guy's music, per se, but I'm certainly not a fan. I just, I just like, the cover of that album, I figure he's just going to take his clothes off, and it's very Barbie doll, kind of Ken doll down there, where there's not a whole lot of, it's just like that weird alien skin thing he wore on that album cover. That's what I figure with this. And I just always figured Rachel, Evan Rachel Wood was just like, this will piss mom and dad off hardcore. She's like, yeah, I'm not, I can't I go far enough to date a black guy, but I'll date Marilyn Manson. <laughs> well, I don't think this is happening. Uh, oh, Jesus, sorry. <laughs> because it's not on her upcoming thing. But you know what? While, while you do the trailer later, I'll find some info on Okay, it. good. Keep us, can... <laughs> keep us abreast of this important <laughs> information. Thanks for that. My God! Well, what uh, you said you didn't have a what you've been watching this week, Adam, but you I did know. have a what you've been reading, which is a goddamn miracle. I know. Listen, <laughs> I have a reputation on this show and all my other shows for being a person that doesn't read books. <laughs> I read when it's entertaining to me, when it's a subject matter of which I could this, and I get and I get shat upon and no, for 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 listening to audiobooks and calling it like I read a book. I got no, the I information. You're you're listening to audiobooks. I don't give a shit. I got the information. Oh, I do multiple things at one time, but this I brought a. I bought a uh, proper book from Amazon. It is hard hardcover. Uh, this is Patton Oswalt's new book, uh, Silver Screen Fiend. Uh, good so far. Uh, I'm going through it fairly slowly because it's a very short book. I mean, like these books weigh nothing these days. I mean, yeah, well, uh, his first book was not that long, right? Zombie Spaceship Wasteland. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is kind like, of a thin book too. Yeah, it's like it's 200 pages. I mean, it's well enough, but yeah, that's enough. Yeah, and but but the the material that they just make the books out of now. First of all, the page like the, oh, yeah, I, and I'm, this isn't shitting on him. This is shitting on his publishing company. It looks like like they did like a really large pack of paper in those little guillotine things that you see in elementary schools where they just kind of sh- where they get all the paper down because it's all rough edges and stuff it's built with such it just feels like a uh, light there are a piece lot of, of shit covers that do that though i know it's sad well whatever i just you know look look <laughs> i mean and here's the thing what's the what's the retail on this bad boy i didn't pay retail i just pay amazon the retail Probably is 25. 25 bucks yeah there you go go fuck yourself for for <laughs> for your for a quality of book that that's that lame Ugh, forget about it Anyways, uh, good well, stuff. If, retail, so it's okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's, that's this much is true. Um, anyway, but as a guy who's done uh, stand-up comedy for fun and no profit, uh, and is a ridiculous movie person, uh, this def- this book speaks to me in a lot of ways because I know, like, from what he does, this is uh, talks all about his. Um, kind of sojourn sojourn out to just watching movies and doing less stand-up and then bringing those two worlds together and his uh, career in the uh, kind of 90s or early early mid-90s and, and around that neighborhood. Right. Um, uh, it, it's very interesting. Interesting to me, he talks about all the movies he went to see in all the different rep houses and stuff and how he's given himself a cinema education and at the same time his education. <laughs> I haven't even had anything to drink tonight. Um, and his education as to uh, growing up as a comic and moving to Los Angeles from San Francisco and how that scene's completely different, how he's, uh, you know, seen from the East Coast versus West Coast and uh, doing road stuff to doing, you know, what would, before it was even called alt comedy to doing alt comedy. Um, endlessly fascinating. So if you like stand up and you like movies, it's a nice uh, kind of plot together. But uh, I'll give an update when I'm finished with it, which may be in a month. I don't know. 
It all depends. I don't give a. Yeah, yeah, I I haven't ordered it yet, but it's it's in my queue to get ordered. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty good. Um, and and they they reference and it was hilarious because he references like a sketch he wrote in Mad TV called "A Pack of Gifts Now," which Mm -hmm. was a uh, an Apocalypse Now um, jaunt, right? And it was all done in Rankin Bass style. They actually did it after he left, and uh, but. They did it and everything, and so it was. It's a fairly decent little kind of apocalypse now uh, send up and everything, uh, but it was funny because I was just like, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen that. I'll go check it out on YouTube, and I was kind of scrolling through the comments and something, and uh, you know, some guy made a comment about like this is one of Patton Oswalt's scripts that he wrote and blah blah blah, and the motherfucker right underneath it, I had to give him a thumbs up, and he just goes, yeah, I read a book too. <laughs> it was just like great. Anyway, so yeah, that's what I've, I've been watching. The only other thing I've watched was like I Frankenstein for Here Movie Podcast, and um, you can hear my entire review on that. Um, I'll just give you a condensed version. <laughs> that movie is terrible. Uh, so if you want to waste your life on Netflix and watch a movie for an hour and a half and forget what the fuck it's even about once you've finished it, like the second the credits roll, you're going to be like, what was that even about? It's, Wait, what movie are you talking about? I Frankenstein. <laughs> exactly. Just- Precisely. It's like I compare it to the I little men in black minesweeper thing. About. Yeah. <laughs> that's how bad that is. Who do who now? No. It's uh yikes. Anyways, that's that that's all I've been watching. I got Pitch Perfect too. I borrowed that from my sister in law. I'm gonna watch that because that Pitch Perfect movie comes out, so I've got the Pitch Perfect Blu ray here. Right it's good. So I'm gonna watch that. I hear it's good. I mean I, I like that. I like that movie. I hear I hear good things, so uh yeah. What do you got? Um, what have I got? Uh, not a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> and I just watched <laughs> Top Gear. How's that? I'll fill it I, out even further. <laughs> I didn't watch Top Gear. I did watch some of the new season of uh, Impractical Jokers this week, but uh, dude, that, that their their one episode in Miami, I was laughing so hard, my face hurt so bad. Yeah, it's good. Oh right? my god. I also liked the uh, shopping cart thing that they did, where you pull something out and you have to yes, put it in. The, it oh my good. god, that was so great. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> good show. Watch your practical jokers. Listen to tell them Steve, good. Dave, do it. Whatever. It's, it's mindless fun, which is what television should be. Yeah. Uh, enough of this breaking bad shit. Um, <laughs> which I like too. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this week I, um, uh, <laughs> I really haven't watched anything. I've read, well, uh, that's uh, the end of the show guys. I've read a Harry Bosch novel. <laughs> no one gives a shit. So. Uh, that's yeah. it. That's what that's what I've been watching. I did, uh, as a side uh, here, uh, f- find out that the movie I was talking about is not getting made. The Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <went, I> <laughs> while, while instead of preparing for my what you've been watching, uh, I was looking for this shit. Um, so this thing was going to be called uh, <laughs> Splatter Sisters, um, and it was going to be a slasher movie. Uh, however, in this search, I did find out that uh, there is, in fact. A uh, movie coming out that Marilyn Manson co-directed with uh, Roger Avery. Oh boy! Um, that he's been trying to get made since 2004. Oh, so it's so it's good, um, is what you're saying? <laughs> well, uh, and it's <laughs> in it. Uh, Marilyn Manson apparently plays Lewis Carroll, and it's called Phantasmagoria: The Visions of Lewis Carroll. And Evan Rachel Wood is in the movie as Alice's alter ego, I guess. I'd rather see him play Carol O'Connor. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's that's a thing, people. Oh, you know what? Fuck, I'll talk about this movie because people should see it. So on Amazon Prime, I just showed this in my horror films class. 
there's a really great uh, British horror flick from the 70s uh, called Frightmare. Uh, everybody should check that shit out. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. Uh, it's not... I don't know. I think it's a little special. Uh, like, little gem, right? But uh, it's just 70s British exploitation horror about a kindly old country lady who kills people with uh, various sharp implements and uh, eats pieces of them. This must be when the thing was released, because it it says release year 2007. That's got to be like the DVD or something. Frightmare? Oh, it's not that. It's not uh, that one? So if you you go to Amazon and type in Frightmare 1974, it came out in 1974, or you can type in, um, I think Cover Up was the was the name uh, when it um, came out here. But if you uh, type it in uh, and look in like streaming or whatever the fuck, Amazon Instant Video, whatever they call it there, um, it'll it'll pop up. It's there. That that might have been it. I mean, it looked like an old school cover, but it... It's, it is uh, quite old. Um, and the Amazon Prime listing for it is, it looks like nothing. Uh, and oh yeah, so 2007 is what they have listed on there. Yeah, for, yeah, for, okay. for the stream. Yeah, because it yeah exactly for the stream. It looks like I said, so it looks like an old school cover there. Uh, yeah, but uh, directed by Pete Walker, so you can also just search for Pete Walker, who uh, was well known as well uh, for um, House of Whipcord. This looks like and, the, the customers uh, also watched. It looks like a lot of great schlocky shit in here. I gotta, and, uh, I gotta check this shit out. Yeah, and Die Screaming Marianne is a good one. The comeback is a good one. Basically all of Pete Walker's, uh, films that he directed, uh, in his sexploitation horror phase, uh, are worth checking out at some point. There's one called they're, don't they're look in the basement. Like, it's a great cover. That cover is cool. That movie is not as cool, but well, well, that's the thing. It. The covers are have, are there to sell a shitty that's movie the half the fun. time, but the, I was fun. like, that cover looks pretty cool. But they're fun movies. They're, they're a lot of fun. I, I like that. Yeah. So there you go. There's my, what you've been watching. I didn't even think about it. Fucking frightmare. Well, let's, let's go ahead. Cause we won't do a like We won't do a full review proper and everything, but let's get, let's get into Kingsman. So you finally yeah. got a chance to see Kingsman. What were your it thoughts? Did. Uh, I fucking loved it, man. It was great. You know, I did not know, uh, that I needed a film where there was a, a scene in which Colin Firth, dressed in a full uh, gentleman's suit, regalia, massacres an entire church set to the guitar solo part from Freebird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm really glad that I didn't know that I needed that because now that <laughs> I have it, I can't. You can't not want. I can't, I can't not want to see it all the time. Yeah, that's going to be uh, one scene that you just go back to and back to and back to on Blu-ray. It is incredibly violent. Like, uh, <laughs> like I, uh, I don't know. I know Miller, like Mark Miller's work. The you know his comics, and um, he's he's a guy he, who purposely goes over the top with what he does. But yeah, obviously, th- this was not a, but, something that was in the book, even so. Right, exactly. And well, and and on top of that, uh, you know, having also seen both of the kick-ass movies, um, I have to say, I think Kingsman might be even more violent than either one of those. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because it's just body parts all over the place. Um, I don't know. It's also really funny. It's a funny movie. And uh, fucking Colin Firth, man. He's so good. He's just so good. 
Yeah, this movie's uh, it's looking to go on a very profitable run here worldwide. It's up to 154 million on a budget of 81. So, uh, and it's only going to stay strong out the next couple of weeks and everything where there's not really anything that's super big bumping in. So it's going to stay within that top, you know, probably 10 for a, a, a good decent. Do you know bit. what it's made here? I it's, haven't seen what it's made in the uh, U.S. yet. Sixty-seven, which is which is decent. Well, that's not bad. It wasn't that big of a budget. Well, so. yeah, and it went against Fifty Shades of Grey, so it had a big kind of you know there was a big rivalry there for the most mm-hmm. part within that short little window. Well, I, I think it'll pick up too. I knew uh, some people who were just not interested in it, um, but I don't know. I thought it was fucking good. Yeah, I think this is. Def- I think it's definitely a word of mouth film that's going to get people to just go, no, 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 no. This is probably not what you're thinking. It is. It's way better. Go check this out. So. Yeah, I think it was at a disadvantage coming out in February. I'm not sure why they chose to push it back all the way to February. Because it was, I think, originally slated for the fall. Yeah, um, well... Or or late winter. Um, But uh, because it's come out everywhere else, right? Like, it's been out in the UK for about a month or two, and uh, I think everybody else had it already. Yeah, this this really... uh, This would have probably benefited from being, like, an April film. I mean, an April film or shit, man, if they'd put it out at Thanksgiving or Christmas uh, when all the actual crappy movies were coming out for Oscar season. Yeah, uh, I'd have fucking sang this movie's praises. Yeah, it's it's a great time. Matthew Vaughn continues to show that he is uh, just fantastic at what he does. And I just want him to keep making more movies like this and now, with that auteur kind of vibe that he's got going on, man. Right. Now, I, I didn't listen to the podcast over at HMP for this uh, movie because I hadn't seen it when you guys did it um, last week. But did you guys talk about his comments about uh, how people are just over the like Nolan-style dark uh, superhero no, films. we didn't really touch on that, but um, go, go ahead. What, what what are your thoughts on that? that well, let me that see if I can track a, it down real quick so I can. Well, I mean, uh, I, I can basically surmise it. It's uh, you know, he, yeah, he, he basically said that um, that everybody was tired of these kind of doom and gloom. It is really it, times are over for this dark and brooding stuff. We need to have things that are a little bit lighter that have more fun in them. And are just a good time, and especially DC books and DC movies at this point are really going into that darker tone. I mean, they've literally put down an edict that says we don't want any jokes in our films. And if you look back at Marvel's films, all the way going all the way back to Iron Man, there's some very funny stuff in these movies. And Guardians right. of the Galaxy was a was was a comedy for crying out loud, outside yeah. of just being a comic book film. Um, but I, I think he really feels that we need a lot more kind of levity and stuff like this. I mean, he's proven in this that you can put something that's going to have a bit of a darker tone to it. That's going to be an R rated thing that can be really violent and everything and still have a blast doing it. Still have nice hot, you know, kind of, uh, I don't want to say primary colors, but you know, not your blacks and grays and, you know, uh, dark browns and stuff. It's going to have some color that actually pops and stuff. And, you know, you go out of the theater feeling good about yourself as opposed to like, you know, I'm the darkness of hate and whatever. Right. Well, I mean, he's, he specifically targets the, the Nolan stuff, right? Saying, which is where DC is going with all their stuff because, and, and, and and a a chance who can blame them because frankly, they've proven fairly successful for them. (laughs) Well, right. And well, and, and they completely botched the green lantern, uh, film a few years ago. Right. Just by trying to do too much. Well, and I think they tried to retroactively make it darker than it was originally going to be. That's kind of how it felt like 
like they crammed some stuff in so it would be a darker movie, uh, even though Green Lantern doesn't need to be a dark movie. No. But I have to say, like, I've seen that screenshot of uh, Jason Momoa or that still that mm-hmm. publicity shot that they've they've released of him as Aquaman. Uh-huh. And uh, I am not excited about about anything that's going on uh, with the DC. He's Dothraki films. Aquaman. I mean, what do you want? Well, I mean, it's nothing against Jason Momoa. Oh, it's but, not like. No. But I'm totally not down with every fucking thing having a completely muted fucking color palette and there not being any color uh, and everything being in super heavy armor. Like Aquaman's supposed to swim in that shit. Are you fucking kidding me? I saw a nice thing online where somebody actually went through and kind of colorized it. They didn't do they didn't do like, you know, your super friends colors, but they put some they put a little bit of orange into it and a little bit of green into yeah. it. And it's like, dude, that's what you should have been going for. Well, and just and a the, little and hint the Wonder of something, Woman you know costume too is that same drab bullshit, now, right? I will it, say it this. It stems from Nolan, but it definitely is also part of the aesthetic that uh Zack Snyder has continued to set up for himself. Uh it's it's weird when you can look at something like Watchmen and say that that's a more colorful movie than the Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman with Aquaman movie that's coming <laughs> the fuck up. Yeah. Now, I, I will say this. The, the image that everyone's seeing online of, of the Wonder Woman stuff is a little bit darker than the than the, what it actually. It depends on what they how they uh, how they do the cinematography and stuff. But I'm, I can't really say I, how I got how I've gotten access to it. But no, I have no, no, seen that, a behind the scenes I mean, picture that's, that's, of it. That's fine. But I I cannot think that the publicity shots right are not going to be the look of the film because Possibly. it I don't looks know. exactly like every other fucking shitty movie that Zack Snyder puts out that isn't Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Best I mean, movies all, ever done, all of his down. movies since Dawn of the Dead have had like this super because he's a fucking visionary, bro. Yeah, he's a visionary. Look, I, I um, think he makes I think he makes now granted they're all kind of the same sort of muted stuff. But I mean, I think he makes pretty stuff. I just don't know that he's a great storyteller outside of uh, like and, and again, the reason watch or the reason the reason Dawn of the Dead remake is good is because James Gunn, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, and, I think so, too. Well, and well, I like his Watchmen. Well, and I was going to say Watchmen. I, I, I really like enjoy Watchmen. Um, but, uh, any, in any case, uh, we're so far a fucking field. The point that Vaughn was making is that I'm fucking sick of this shit too. <laughs> Me. Yeah. Uh, like I agree with Vaughn. I am sick to fucking death of everything being super serious and like life and death. Uh, it bores me to fucking tears in the comic books. I don't want to read that shit. It's why I don't read X-Men, right? Uh, because it's just like everything is a fucking Phoenix level disaster in those fucking books. Yeah. Uh, just the stories are too serious. Uh, I don't know. And this is somebody who, who fucking likes the Scott Snyder Batman shit, but you know, there's like a humor and levity to some of that stuff as well yeah. that, uh, in the movies is definitely not coming out. No. And I mean, I, I think in a lot of sense, like I, I I'm going to be really interested to see what they do with, with daredevil. Cause I would bet you, even with the trailer that we saw as dark as that looks, I'll bet you there'd be a little bit more humor in there than it would be if it were, you know, I say a DC property outside of yeah. DC's TV stuff, which does have some humor. Flash does have well, a good bit of humor. And I'm in wondering it. which, I'm wondering which direction is going to dominate. I, I like, it looks to me from that trailer that it's a kind of a marriage of the, uh, like seminal uh, Ed Brubaker run with the character, as well as a little bit of the recent Mark Wade stuff. And I just wonder, wonder which one of those is going to dominate. 
Because the Brubaker stuff is humorous in the way that Brubaker is humorous, but it's also very serious. Um, and the Mark Wade stuff is a little more comic booky, but, uh, yeah. you know, also there's some weight behind it. Um, so I'm just interested to see which direction they finally decided on. And, it, and what's going to really determine that will be uh, when the other two, uh, the next two series come out, right? Yeah, so, um, so the Jessica Jones series and then... Uh, Power Man eventually, yeah. right? Yeah, so Luke, uh, Luke Cage, I think, was going to hit before. I think uh, Power Man is going to be your last one here. Power Man slash Iron Fist. Um, but um, right. I don't know. It's going to be very anyway, interesting. Anyway, Kingsman's fucking awesome. Everybody go see it. Yeah, that so if you haven't seen Kingsman, do yourself a bloody favor and get out and see it because, and, and, and I put it down, first great movie of 2015, hands down. Yeah. Oh God, I've seen so much shit. <laughs> see, and, and this see. is not even good compared to shit. It's like legitimately good. Yeah, yeah. This is like, not like, like of the stuff good. that's out there right now. This one's the best. No, no, this is legitimately good. Exactly. Yeah, this this is like 2007 when Zodiac came out in fucking March. Oh, by the by, and, I want to put that <laughs> right. And let's 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 travel back. I'm gonna hit the way back for just half a second. <laughs> okay. I did buy Zodiac on Blu-ray. It finally it was at a price that was reasonable. I and had it on the special great. edition. Uh, HD DVD. That shows you how long ago it was. Right. And the wrong format one, fuckers. I'll just. I'll, that's a whole another rant in, in and of itself. But the wrong format one. Uh, well, Sony had to get them, get everybody back for the Betamax. Yeah, they do. They. I, I give total props to Sony. They put all their eggs in one basket, and it paid off. They took a huge gamble, and it and it and it paid off for them. So props to them. Because go big or go home, and they went big, so and they, and they got it. So that's not not bad on them. Um, and they they weren't in on the DVD consortium either, so they had a big they, they lost a lot of money out on that too. Right. Um, but anyways, uh, so it was out on uh, special edition uh, HD DVD, and I had the uh, the Blu-ray forever was so fucking expensive, and I wasn't going to buy a single disc because I just don't do that kind of stuff. If there's a nicer one out there, I'm going to go get that that has the commentary and the special features and all that shit. Uh, so it was like seven bucks on Amazon. So I was just like, fucking yes, buy now, buy now. Uh, so still an amazing movie, best movie of 2007, and no one fucking saw it comparatively to, you know, the other mm -hmm. shit that was there. But, like, God damn it, that movie still holds up. It is still so good and just, I'm Fincher just rules. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I even stopped when, like, fucking the social network was on ABC the other day, and I was flipping through, and I still stopped for a couple minutes and watched. It was, like, bad format and everything and commercials. So I just wasn't going to watch it. But I was still just like, damn it, he's good. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I still don't like Social Network. Well, I don't know what it is. I fucking cannot get down with that movie. I love Fincher. All right. Do not. So uh, so let's get in. We're gonna we're gonna do a quick review here of a uh, Hot Tub Time Machine two, and then we're gonna get in uh, to some Oscar talk and stuff like that. So uh, let's go ahead and play the trailer here for Hot Tub Time Machine two. Yeah. Maybe. Hold on. You have to unmute the thing before it fucking works. Well, fuck it. It's you know, it's it's it, <laughs> it always gets down to the technical aspects. Here's a trailer. Five years ago, the laws of space and time were violated. It must be some kind of hot tub time machine. And our world was changed forever. Was it morally wrong to exploit our knowledge of the future for personal financial gain? I'm the father of the internet. This year. Ready for another dip? Yeah! How far back do we go? 2025. The future. Oh my god, you're Nick Weber! Isn't what it used to be. I know you're falling on hard times. Hard times. Could you please do the Weber strut? The what now? Everybody. Strut, 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 strut. strut. Stop, strut. Strut. 
Where's divorce? Ellie, where's soulmates? I should have married you. At least you didn't hit rock bottom. Jesus. You look like Gandalf the poor. I kind of like this. I want to hit you into the corner pocket. We need to find the point in time where things went wrong and fix it. Here we go! Here we go! So far, so good. America happen, bro. You're not gonna be super welcome there, but we should totally go. Hot Tub Time Machine 2. I think this may be my house now. Thank you. I think that I'll hold you till later. Yeah, this is a classic alternate reality situation. Nerd, you're a nerd, and no one likes you. Point no one likes you. That was a trailer for Hot Tub Time Machine 2, our new release review of this week, uh, directed by uh, Steve Pink, written by Josh uh, Harold, starring Rob Corddry, Craig Robinson, Clark Duke, Adam Scott, uh, Jillian Jacobs, or Gillian Jacobs, I always forget how her name is, uh, Chevy Chase, uh, Charlotte Wolf, uh, and a whole couple other people, Camille Nanjiani, and uh, who else? Any, big other, any other big names in there? That's no. about it. No. Um, <laughs> So here no, is the no. Uh, no please please no uh, here is the IMDb uh, plot synopsis as we know IMDb always a correct and one hundred percent in everything they say and do uh, when Lou finds himself in trouble Nick and Jacob fire up the hot tub time machine in an attempt to get back to the past but inadvertently land in the future with Adam Jr now they have to uh, alter the future in order to save the past which is really the present mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, well let's start here. Um, so Matt, what did you think of the original Hot Tub Time Machine movie? Funny, unremarkable. Never watched it again. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think I would probably fall in that same category. Uh, I mean, I, I, I laughed at it. Right? Yeah, like it, like it was funny. I, I I had a fun enough time with the original one. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Uh, I believe it was bought for me on Blu-ray the year it came out, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know that I ever actually. I mean, I opened the, the the cellophane, but I don't know that I ever actually put it into the DVD player to watch. Yeah, that's kind of a problem. Yeah, I mean, so you would think that's like, oh, dude, I got to fucking watch that movie, and I was almost tempted to do it again uh, in, in in preparation for this movie. Yeah, me too. But I just didn't. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do. I do remember really liking some of the. Um better off dead callbacks that they threw in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's mostly it. I mean, I, I remember the plot and like, uh, you know, Clark Duke's mom getting fucked in the past by, you know, you know, like yeah. I remember that stuff, but yeah, funny, unremarkable. Didn't watch it again. Yeah. I mean, it, it's okay for what it was. Um, and you know, and, and as you heard the trailer say five years ago, so, not that, that I don't I can't I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Hot Tub Time Machine One I don't think really just murdered it at the box office. I think it did okay for, as as memory serves. Uh, yeah, but, it did. It did fine. I yeah, think. I mean, I did. You know, it didn't do gangbusters, but it, it did well enough. I'm sure. I mean, obviously they wouldn't have done this one, but uh, so it's five years uh, later, and uh, we don't have John Cusack anymore. Uh, we, uh, we, we have a kind of surrogate for him in Adam Scott. Uh, I'm a big fan of Adam Scott. I like a lot of his work. Um, he doesn't really bring a whole lot to this particular party and it's not his fault. I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I blame kind of the substandard script for this because, uh, so let's jump into this movie. Um, it's, it's not, 
this is this is kind of the worst type of comedy. Uh, we we mentioned it a little bit in uh, kind of the I Frankenstein review on H and P, uh, and but it's the kind of thing where it's just like it's so unremarkable that mm-hmm. you you don't hate it, but you certainly don't like it, and you almost dislike it more for not having swayed you to one way or the other. Yeah, I'll agree with that. You know, this movie had. Uh, some moments, I can't actually remember which ones they were, but there were moments when I was laughing at it. There were uh, some things that were funny, but by but and overall, large... just the movie is, it's not very good. I, let's, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the long and short of it, right? All right. Uh, now on to Oscar. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, as I said in the intro to the show, it is the best movie I've ever seen where a guy's uh, dick gets blown off and that's the plot of the yeah. movie. So we start in like the alternate future that was at the end of the, of of Hot Tub Time Machine, and mm-hmm. most movies would leave off it there. Hey, here's this alternate reality. Wouldn't that be funny? And now they go, okay, well we've been in this alternate reality for a while. Uh, you know, Rob Corddry's character now uh, just comes up with all this kind of shit and stuff and becomes a uh, you know a multimillionaire kind of a almost rock star type guy who runs yes. kind of like a company called Google instead of Google it's Lugal because his character's mm-hmm. name is Lou, and uh, so he's. he's you know, money turns people into from from what people say. I don't have any, so I don't really know. <laughs> but uh, they say money turns people into just an extension of who they actually are. And so this character is a prick and a douchebag, and so it kind of mm-hmm. turns him into this giant douchebag and everything. But because he has a knowledge of the future, when he went back to the past, there's a lot of fucking shit going on here. But um, uh, you know, he he's. He's had a lot of great thoughts. A lot of information has come to pass, and so and everybody uses that to their advantage. Craig Robinson's character—he always wanted to be a musician and stuff, and so now uh, instead of going back and doing original stuff himself, he goes, "Hey, I have all of these hits here uh, from other artists. I'm just going to do those, and it's going to be like those artists never existed, and I'm going to take over all their work and be you know famous. Everything from fucking Lisa Loeb to uh, Let's Get It Started and all that kind of shit." Right, uh, which is interesting. All these ideas are interesting ideas that works in the credit scene for Hot Tub Time Machine One. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it makes out for a giant future. So it's at this big party. Rob Corger's up there giving a speech about how everybody can fucking suck it or whatever it is, and then he gets shot in the dick. And so instead of uh, you know he, he's dying, Dick is dying. I don't know. Uh, they they turns out they got the hot tub time machine from the wherever the fuck they were in the first movie. Brought it to this place. They have the dilithium crystals or whatever the fuck they call it. And uh, they go back in time to uh, you know save his dick. But they go into a future. Here's where the thing. Here's where the problem with this movie truly goes. Mm-hmm. Um, now we talked about Project Almanac and a time machine in, in a time travel movie. And I have made it stated that I love time travel movies. Uh, uh, but I like them to make at least a margin of sense. <laughs> this kind of takes the idea of the alternate 1985 back to the future reality and uh, just kind of shits on it a little bit and just goes, eh, it's kind of like this, but fuck it, we're going to kind of sort of make up rules. It, it pretends to have a sound logic to everything, but just doesn't. Oh, I think the logic on this one holds up much more than Project Almanacs does. I mean, I don't know. I couldn't make heads. Or, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. They didn't explain it well enough to me. I mean, fair enough, but the, but the idea is that uh, they travel into the future, right? Uh, which then sets things in motion, which means that the guy who shoots him in the dick has to travel to the past, making the future the present's past. And that's that's the logic of it. It's stupid logic. Oh well, that's all. So that, that's what it is. <laughs> I right? just yeah. Yes. Um, 
which I still I do think is more logical than whatever the fuck the end of Project uh, Almanac was, right? Like, oh yeah, we just saw this awful shit happen that we told ourselves fucking about, and made ourselves forget all this shit. Uh, but you know what? We're still gonna go and travel. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, here, here's here's the thing. This fucking sequel is just so unnecessary. Holy, uh, C- Cusack is not in it. Um, there's a picture of like, Cusack that's in it. I thought he was at least going to make a, a cameo at the right? end. Uh, they almost foreshadow it like it's going to happen. Well, they and then say it doesn't. we'll see him again, right? Like, when the fuck is that going to be? Are you guys making it? Is there a, in the pipeline a hot tub three? Sweet baby Jesus, no. I, I bet there probably will be because uh, like the first one, this one will probably make a shit ton of money on video uh, or at least uh, enough in uh, pay-per-view rentals or whatever the fuck have you, Netflix contracts, uh, and they'll just shit another one out. And Rob Corddry will still be in it, and maybe they'll lose Craig Robinson, but I don't think Clark Duke's going anywhere. No. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's not a slight. He might be the best thing about this movie yet. That, well, that isn't Craig Robinson. Well, okay, so the movie, uh, the production budget was $14 million, so very little. Yeah, of course. Uh, domestically, it has now made $5.6 million. It debuted at number seven. Yeah. They're not caring about it. So a week drop-off, too, is not going to be good. No, but nobody was going to the movies this weekend. I mean, right? What were they going to see? Fucking, what was the kids' movie? Wasn't there a kids' movie recently? Um, I mean, the SpongeBob is still number three. No. He got the Duff. That was a teenage movie. That opened up at number five with 10 mil. Oh, Jesus. That made, and that made, that was more than its budget. So, boom. Oh, God. This week's depressing, man. Isn't it, though? This is like the most depressing episode of the show we've done. Paddington's still number seven. That's a good flick. Go watch that. I I would love to watch it. It's not a bad flick. Um, no, so let's let's, <laughs> let's look. Look, let's what do we have? About what do we have to talk show. about this other? Okay, so let's a quick wrap up on this because I mean, what the fuck are you else are you going to talk about? There's some funny jokes. Uh, there's some not so this funny is, jokes. It seemed like this movie they had a I lot of fun. Pot. If I smoked pot, this movie would probably be really good once. Yeah, kids, do your drugs and then go watch this movie. It might be it might be entertaining. I probably would have had a better time. Um, yeah, but if, if if I were drunk, yeah, I probably would have laughed more. No, you're 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 uh, not wrong there. But uh, it's uh, you know it's whatever. It's so blah. It is it is almost offensive because it's so blah. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it, I kind of I actually think that it's probably exactly as good as both theory of everything and uh imitation game so bland that it's offensive i don't know if i go quite that far but i would i would (laughs) say that because i do feel the same way about those movies they're very different and not the same at all and there's better acting in the other two this much is but but i don't ever want to see any of them again but I, I think I think this movie was probably a blast to make. It's it looked like the guys that are making it had a lot of fun making it. It just didn't that fun didn't escape to the screen to the audience in my in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing it's like this, right? Like uh grown ups and grown ups too, I'm sure were fucking blast too, but Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> you know, uh yeah. you know it, it's like com- comedians look at shit like Ocean's uh, 11, 12, and 13. And they say, oh, people are having fun, and they're making movies with their buddies, and we're going to do that. No, those movies have scripts, 
and Steven Soderbergh directs them. You guys have fucking whatever pink fucker this guy is, and uh, you're hanging out with other comedians and not writing a script. Yeah. Which is which is great, but don't call that a fucking movie and and think you can get away with it. No. Anyways, all right. So let's jump into some Oscar talk because fuck all this. We're done. Who cares? All right, uh, Oscars. No, no one uh, went to see suck. that. Fuck it. I'm done. And those suck too. Um, <laughs> so let's let's kind of go from kind of not nearly as important to we'll kind of work our way up to the top yeah, and some other stuff. Uh, so first of all, uh, let, let's go to sound sound mixing. I'm glad Whiplash won for sound mixing. Uh, absolutely deserves it. Uh, Whiplash won some decent stuff last night uh, or the other night. Uh, sound e- no sound sound mixing sound editing actually went to American Sniper. No, it won editing editing. Oh, e- editing editing. I'm sorry, I, I like missed. I, I missed. Film yeah, well, I was getting there. Okay, uh, you're just doing st- straight up technical right now. Yeah, I'm just going to go technical up to the okay. more to, to the top line. Uh, but yes, did win editing of which it absolutely deserved to do. Definitely hands down best edited movie of 2014, no doubt. Uh, without the skilled editing of that movie, it would not nearly be as as magical and amazing as it was. Especially that end scene is just there is such fucking skill done in that. It's just mm-hmm. hands down great. Yeah, terrific. Uh, so yeah, all right. So let's uh, let's look at visual effects. So visual effects, we had uh, Interstellar one, which I mean, yeah. it looked good. It, this was a tough category because you had a you know a. a Winter Soldier, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Guardians of the Galaxy, Interstellar, and X Men: Days of Future Past. X Men: Days of Future Past, I can, I can. That's probably definitely the, that and America, that and Winter Soldier. I could see not winning, but Dawn, Dawn looked fantastic. Guardians had a lot of really great stuff in it. Mm-hmm. I can't say I'm a hundred percent surprised that Interstellar won, but I no, because it was the serious film. That's the Academy, yeah. right? Like, uh, they shit all over uh, superhero movies anyway. I don't know. I is... think Dawn. I think the original. I think uh, Rise actually won though. So I. I could be wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Guardians right now. Oh yeah, well uh, but, yeah. But I'm sure. not surprised, right, that, that Interstellar won because it wasn't nominated for fuck else, uh, or or wasn't going to win anything else that it was nominated for. Yeah, right. It wasn't going to win Best Picture. It wasn't going to win uh, fucking score. Jesus Christ. Uh, but you know, I think that was just their yeah Interstellar. So know, we're going to go. Kind of yeah. So let's let's look at a uh, like a triple win here. Uh, for production design, makeup and hairstyling, and music, all for Grand Budapest Hotel, yeah. and uh, deservedly so because it, it, so it was the best in all of those categories, hands down. I will also say that that uh, Grand Budapest probably should have won screenplay. I think so as well. But out out of the nominees, yeah, the, yes. it should have won original screenplay. Yeah. Um, uh, so let's see. Let anyway. me. Uh, I will say this: uh, documentary feature being won by Citizen Four. This is because this is what I hate about the Academy. Because technically, you don't have to watch all the films in order to vote on them. And yeah. I know that they watched this film. That film was boring as all fucking balls. It takes an amazingly interesting subject and puts you to sleep. It is a it's, shit movie. It is an hour long HBO documentary, and it would have been competent as that. Yeah, uh, to put out in the theater is just like, check this out, bro. And it's just like, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, so write, writing original screenplay, Birdman won for that. I could see that. Technically, I wanted Nightcrawler to win. Yeah, Nightcrawler is really good. Right, Nightcrawler or Grand Budapest, I think probably really would have been better scripts for me overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I'm not a thousand percent. I don't, I don't really care that Birdman won. I'm fi- I'm fine with that, just as long as it wasn't. I think that's the problem with with the fact that it won. Honestly, is that I don't care that it won. Yeah, well, I I actually don't think that movie is well written or well 
anything other than acted. That's but, your problem. You know, All right, <laughs> whatever. We we got a whole. We got we got we've there's 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 audio of us in the past talking about this. So I um, know. <laughs> but uh, for adapted screenplay, Im- uh, imitation game won that one. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a decent script, but Whiplash was a better story. Imitation game is a terrible script. That that flashback within a flashback structure is almost uh, unintelligible and also does not serve any story purpose whatsoever. Uh, I doubt the screenplay is tough for me because I never know what the source material is because I don't read it. I I just think that Imitation Game is the most boringly made movie that will ever get a nomination. Ever. I will say that. Yeah, well... Not a thousand percent wrong. I, I I mean I mean it though. Like as good as some of the performances are, they're not given much to work with. The screenplay is not that strong. There's very little suspense. Uh Alan Turing's like persecution, even with the like screenwriter being gay, uh is really yeah. downplayed. I don't I fucking cannot stand the fact that any and fucking Morden Tilden, like nominated as director for for what, for what, what? you know, for for pointing at a can uh, for doing what Kevin Smith does. Where's Kevin Smith's fucking Oscar nomination? <laughs> well, he put a camera in a room with a bunch of people who could save their fucking lines competently, and uh, shot that, and called it a movie, uh, which works if you're fucking Kevin Smith and you got writing chops. Uh, but this movie didn't have that. And no. Kevin Smith ain't got no fucking Oscar for clerks. So fuck you, imitation game. Hey man, but here's the thing. I mean, they, they gave it to Tom Hooper for King's speech for crying out loud. That movie is 4 million times better, but it's than not imitation game. As, directing wise. It's the same diff though. Anybody no, could have directed that movie. 4 million times better directed than imitation game. Come on, dude. Colin Firth and everyone else that's in that movie, they're the one that's an actor's movie. That's not a director's movie by any it stretch is. of the imagination. I'm not saying it's a director's movie, and that's my fucking Oh, I'm point. not <laughs> it's so much it is so much better directed. Shot choices are better. Uh like all kinds of shit is better about okay. the direction. I, I, I'll give you that. It's imitation. been a while since I've seen it, but it's uh, not a great director's movie. I agree. Right? There like but which really sucks because Tom Hooper should have won the next year for Les Mis. That was that was way better a directing job for him. I absolutely loved his work on that. That's what just that just shows you. It's just like give me the right material and you can have it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so and, and I, I skipped costume design because the, the, this little sheet is all over the fuck place. And uh, that won Grand Budapest as well. So Grand Budapest and Birdman were the two big winners for the night. And so I'm I'm, I'm happy that Grand Budapest won as much as it did. I wish it would have won a little bit more, and we'll get to that in yeah. just a moment. Uh, Academy. Uh, so. So, uh, feature uh, feature animated film, uh, Big Hero Six. Who's kind of shocked by that? Everybody was kind of shocked, right? It was uh, everybody assumed it was going to be uh, How to Train Your Dragon Two. Yeah, I mean that was, I, that was where the big bets were. So, I mean, I'm, I'm stoked because I now I didn't see How to Train Your Dragon Two, but Big Hero Six. We were all very positive on that on H and P. It's a great, fun little flick. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I remember you guys loving it. Yeah, it was it was really really fun. Um, I, I I liked it a whole bunch. Uh, cinematography. Uh, Birdman won. I I figured Birdman would win, but I think technically the one that I think would be better off would have been Grand Budapest because it's just it, it's, it's such a gorgeous looking movie. And and you know 
I, I will, I will, I'll say this, you know, Birdman it was a cinematography, uh, a feat within cinematography. Oh, yeah. I well, don't know that well, the cinematography Lebeski itself is, is amazing, right? Like he is amazing. Oh no. Yeah. He's a, he's a great um, cinematographer. I, I'm not shitting on his work at all. It's really good. Here's but, the other thing. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, go ahead and talk. But while, no, while I, I mean, his, his stuff is great, but for me, it was just like everything from, I mean, and, and it's a lot of it's got to do with Wes Anderson and how he kind of directs things as well, but everything is so composited, so so shot so well, the deep focus on so many of the different shots and everything. It's The reason that that movie is so good to me is for all the reasons that it won the awards that it won, is because it took all these fantastic elements and put them together and did them in such a seamless, you know, uh, just flowing narrative way that made everything work made this world as you know this this crazy Wes Anderson world feel like one of those worlds and mm-hmm. uh it completely worked like that I love the different uh aspect ratio uh changes throughout the film to denote different uh, t- uh you know times within uh the the time of the uh, the span of the story and everything um I just love I just love that movie a lot and I yeah. well, I think and, it would have should have won Robert- for that one well, but Robert Yeoman's uh, amazing, right? Like he, he's been working with with Wes Anderson since Bottle Rocket. Yeah, he's no slouch either. <laughs> um, it's I don't know, man. Uh, fucking good cinematography on uh, Grand Budapest. Here's the thing that blows my fucking mind: When are they finally going to admit that Roger Deakins should have a goddamn Oscar? You're not he's wrong. Been, he's been nominated twelve times, zero fucking wins. Right now, granted, this year he was nominated for Unbroken, but that doesn't fucking matter. From what I understand, the movie looks gorgeous, right? Yeah, it looks that, pretty. That, well. That's cinematography, <laughs> right? I mean, there's a reason he was fucking nominated uh, to begin with. I, I just uh, the 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 fact that he keeps getting nominated for absolutely amazing work year after year after year, right? Like in 2007, he was he was nominated for two of the best looking movies. That came out, right? Mm-hmm. Assassination of Jesse James, No Country for Old Men, nominated for each, one for neither. Next year, nominated for The Reader, did not win. Two years later, True Grit, did not win. Skyfall, did not win. Prisoners, mm-hmm. which overall I was pretty meh about. as The a cinematography film, on Prisoners is gorgeous. Amazing, right? He shot fucking Fargo and didn't win. Shot Shawshank and didn't win. Oh, brother, where art thou? I, I don't fucking get the Academy in this category. A no, lot. He's, and I, and I, he's amazing. Yeah. And, I, and it is, it is, it's a damn shame, especially, you know, I mean, he's not super old, but he is 65 and he's been doing this for quite some time. So it's like, step the fuck up Academy. Come on. Yeah. And, and like I said, uh, I I'm fine with Lubeski having won, uh, this, but, uh, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. At least, at least, at least, I will say that uh, you know, Birdman is totally a cinematography movie. No, you're not wrong there. I mean, it's like it's the- an actor movie, but it's it is like without the camera work, that movie falls the fuck apart. No, just it's, like it's- Gravity, right? The core, mm. just like Gravity, without the cinematography, falls the fuck apart. Mm. Uh, so yeah, all right. So let's get on to uh, the actress in a supporting role. Uh, Patricia Arquette won for Boyhood. Uh, I think she did fine in Boyhood. I don't have any problem with her performance by any stretch. Uh, Laura Dern should have won this though. She did far more with far less. 
I haven't seen Boyhood yet, so I can't comment on what. Uh, you know, I don't care. I've I've but seen them I've all. I've seen them all, and she I was wanted Larder to win. Yeah, but you know, whatever. I I don't. I, mean, I would give her probably a second best on this one. Uh, Meryl Streep should. I mean, you know, I mean, it is. They made a joke about it by California law. She gets nominated, but she, there's no way she should have been in this, especially for Into the Woods. That was a shite movie. Forget about that. Uh, Emma Stone. Well, she well enough. I'll take that. Karen Knightley just didn't need to be in there. Could have been somebody else. She she did fine, but there's nothing to write home about. I mean, it's it's a Karen Knightley role. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's a, she. You could point to ten other roles that she's done that are uh, almost practically identical to that one. So, uh, I'm not shitting on her as an actress, but just in that particular role, not too much different from what she's normally done. But but to, for me, it's between Patricia Arquette and uh, and Laura Dern, and I think Laura Dern should have won. But you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um. So and of course now uh, everyone's odds-on favorite was the was for best supporting actor uh, was J.K. Simmons and of course he won for that uh, well deserved amazing yep. in that movie has been amazing in a career that is you know long 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 career there's, and everything and has been doing stellar work for a long time. Yeah, well, that I, there's a little part of me that doesn't like that he won for this movie because it's the like the obvious choice. Yeah, right? I can like. But, uh, you know, I don't think the Academy notices anything that's not obvious. So, <laughs> uh, I, if, in case you didn't know, for a guy who, uh, like loves movies, I really fucking do not give a shit about the Academy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy watching, yeah. and I like, like recapping and discussing them, but, uh, it is an abysmal fucking organization. No, there was a great, uh, that, that awards mediocrity most of the time. Most of the time, there was there was a Including great uh, issue of Entertainment Weekly a couple years back, where they uh, where Oscar members were asked if they could change things, if they could revote now, what would they vote? And they had the results of what the, what they would have changed and stuff. And it's quite interesting. I mean, everybody was just like, "Yeah, why did we give Best Picture to Shakespeare in Love when Saving Private Ryan was clearly the choice?" What are yeah, we high? I still don't think that any of those were. See, that's the other problem. I don't even think that in any given year, most of the things that get nominated for Best Picture. Well, just for are, what is nominated. I mean, we're just going off of that. Okay. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> you, can't, you can't go back and change that. But you can go back, like if you went back and changed the vote that you had within the parameters with which you had to vote. That's all. Well, you and, know, and who said it? Who was shit. it that last night that said the, the real test about this is the test of time? Who mm-hmm. was that? Was that Quran or not Quran, but uh, in Ritu? It was. That was like uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, so and and I think it. I think and and it and he may come back to eat those words in fifteen years. I don't know. Um, I but, hope so. I don't. I do not like Birdman. I I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I, I really. Did. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but still. Well, I know. Uh, but I liked it. I did like it. But I, I don't know it. if it's going to be. As, I don't think. I don't know if time's going to be as complimentary to that movie as. Last, uh, last Sunday night's awards were. I can say that much. That I'm well, not sure. I mean, everybody was batshit when 21 Grams came out and it won a ton of awards. And how many people talk about 21 Grams now? Nobody. Nobody right. talks about 21 Grams ever. Right. Um, so uh, then we we jump on to uh, Best Actress in a Leading Role. Uh, Julianne Moore won this. Boy, I could tell you, I looked on uh, old Reese Witherspoon's face. She wanted to win this badly. And yeah. uh, now, granted, I have not seen uh, I have not seen Still Alice yet. It is uh, it's out here. I haven't t- got yeah, a chance. Just, to check. It just came out here. Yeah, uh, uh, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. But Reese Witherspoon was absolutely fantastic and wild. And now, saving saving for me seeing uh, Still Alice and changing my my opinion, 
I I think she really I thought she deserved this one more than she did for uh for her a role in um in a uh, oh, not walk hard <laughs> walk walk <laughs> walk the line walk the line um uh which she was great in that movie but uh and and this is another bullshit part about the academy is the it's someone else's time to do x and mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter and we'll we'll go back to in which you know and and this this it can be debated or whatever but i think it took a little bit out of it the year that um Oh, what's her nose? One for Hurt Locker there. Um, you know, Barbara Streisand came on just before they announced it. They just go, "Oh, and coming up next is the uh, the announcement for uh, for best director. Will uh, these great talented directors win, or will it be the first time for a woman director?" And I'm like, "Wow, that's kind of disgusting." The way that you really phrase that, I mean, it just should be like, "Who's the best one of there?" And if she is, by by all means, give that to her. Well, she fucking was. I didn't so. feel that way, but that's just I me. don't care. She's my favorite fucking working director that is not Martin Scorsese, so I give two flying fucks when anybody and, thinks about it. And, and that's, per- that's perfectly fine. <laughs> I, I particularly, I was not 100% on board. I, I didn't dislike, but I wouldn't have gotten but, my uh, vote. Here, here's, here's the thing. So they gave it to uh, so they gave it to Julianne Moore for a long career of fantastic work, nominations, and never getting well, an award. Which is which is what they always do, right? <laughs> uh, they always do that. It fucking drives me nuts. Like Scorsese, I fucking like The Departed, right? It is not fucking Raging Bull. <sighs> you know what also no. is not Raging Bull? Ordinary people. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah, that's that's all I have to say about it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, fine. Julianne Moore wins. Good. Uh, Reese Witherspoon has an Oscar. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I guess, I guess at least, uh, you know, there were white women nominated. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm glad that, glad that they rewhitened and used a little, little fucking crest strip on the Academy Awards <laughs> this year. Um, we, we didn't get to uh best original song and that was from glory from Selma, which absolutely mm-hmm. deserved to win. Great song. Yeah, great song. I'm glad that Common uh, has an Oscar. I don't care about John Legend. They do. They both did. They, <laughs> but, but I like I like that song. They both did. They and, and the performance was great too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 I just really like Common. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm hit or miss on. Sometimes I'm like I really like Common. Sometimes I'm like. Eh. I, it, yep. it, it it comes and goes. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair uh, enough. So we're gonna save the one I think's the most that we're gonna. That I think we have the most to talk about in just a minute. Uh, so we're gonna jump that and we're gonna go to uh, best director for Alejandro Gonzalez and Ritu. I don't like how they said G all the time. I know that's like how it's printed in the thing, but where do we just lose the Gonzalez? Is that really hard to say? That's almost easier to say than G. I don't know. Well, it's it's definitely easier to say than Inuritu. <laughs> but um. It's- I mean, I'm not surprised that he won this uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I think I would have liked Wes Anderson to win because I I think. Uh, well, I would say this about Wes Anderson. He is the only, and I mean this, the only director in Hollywood that understands mise-en-scene, right? That, mm. that understands how to play shit in front of a camera. Mm, no, he, no, no doubt. He is the only director working in Hollywood who knows how to do that. I I can't say that I like Moonrise Kingdom. I'm iffy on. It was okay. I like other Wes Anderson stuff a whole lot. I love Grand Budapest. One of my favorite movies is Rushmore, right? Uh, He is 
the only person who knows how to play around with Maison Sen. Everybody else just sits a bunch of shit in front of the camera and moves the camera around. He doesn't do that all the time. Everything that he does is so meticulous and mm-hmm. like he does he does with framing and composition, uh but to such a different degree like Fincher does. To where it's like oh, yeah, you know that every different effect, yeah, right? But, yeah, but he's a master of that. But shit. you know what you're seeing on screen is precisely what you were meant to see, and that and that alone. Yeah, and so the fact that uh, that that's the other thing, right? Like, like I, I'm whatever in your e two fine. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say he's a bad director. I'm saying that uh, the majority of what you see in Birdman feels like from the way that that movie is shot, the choices of Emmanuel Lubezki shooting that shit. I, yeah, uh, in in many cases, I can definitely see that because he's the one walking around behind the camera with the. I don't know if he operated, but he's definitely the guy that's walking around telling the operator where to fucking go. Yeah, right. Um, it sure as shit is not in your Ritu standing behind him whispering in his ear. Um, <laughs> but uh, but here, right? Like Yemen's great. His cinematography is always gorgeous. He moves the camera amazingly as well. But he and uh, Anderson are such in like in such great concert with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I totally wanted Wes Anderson to win that shit. Yeah, uh, and and it was his first nomination, right? I believe he hasn't so. been nominated before, yeah. even though like his movies have been nominated for. Shit. They've been nominated for tons of for tons uh, of shit, and 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 and, and was Cannonballs even up for Best Picture? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's been not. a long time. Maybe I'm misremembering. Uh, Maybe it was just the Globes thing. But the thing is, is that you know, and if you want to talk about somebody who's who's kind of put in the work, yeah. I think Wes Anderson absolutely has put in the work, and uh, you know, it put, constantly puts out a quality product. Now, this it may not be your bag, and, yeah. and I can totally get that. But what well, he that's does the other thing. is, like, when is it, quality. When is he? When is he ever going to put out another film that is more Hollywood's bag, the Academy's bag, than Grand Budapest? Because what essentially he made is a 1930s Ernst Lubitsch operetta. Mm-hmm. That's what he made, right? This light comedy with a really quick uh, kind of caper plot. Um, and it's fast, it's witty, it's fun, it's classic Hollywood style. Uh I don't know. I I don't know when he. None of his other stuff fits that mold as well, right? No, it's, it's almost too quirky for them. a little too them. acerbic, mm-hmm. a little too acidic. Uh, this one, even even though Ray Fine's uh, character is a little, you know, like fuck you to everybody. <laughs> uh, I think it's definitely his most likable movie that is an animated film, and even even in that one, right? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Mr. Fox is not the most admirable. Uh, anthropomorphized animal in the yeah. world right but also also a great movie and, and one that you're just like oh you, i realize now you've been directing animation in live action for your entire career i never noticed that but it totally is what you're doing yeah <laughs> and it's great um yeah and green budapest is like the is is the one film he's made that is most like fantastic mr fox right mm, um, true stylistically i think uh and story-wise but anyway fuck enough about the director yeah he should have won and Yurito did Whatever, uh, but let's, he did get that. Son let's of a bitch let's do a quick let's do a quick thing though. I mean, honestly, uh, the the fact that uh, you know Bennett Miller and I, I like him well enough, but Richard Linklater probably shouldn't have been in this. It was for the achievement of doing what he did over the direction of that film. 
and Morton Tilton, come on, there's like at least two to three guys, at the bare minimum two, but mo- probably really three, that could have been taken up by better folks. One of them being the director of Selma. Even yeah. even if it's the fact, even if you don't I, like I can't whatever, even believe that she was not nominated. Just like, that even movie nominated was so much more like so much better directed than than the Morton Tilden shit fest. That was imitation game. I mean, if nothing uh, else, for the great, you know, Hollywood press that it would be, it's like the first time we've nominated a, a, a black female director. I mean, for yeah, the, the well, press itself. I mean, we we kind of discussed this. But, uh, yeah, the, still. the Academy gave them their award last year, man. What more do you want? Racism's <laughs> over. It's over. Uh, it's fucking good. We're we're all cool. I was uh, waiting for the head of the back uh, to white British men. I was waiting suck. for the, uh, the 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 gal there that uh, the head of the, uh, the the Academy to come out and just be like, "Yeah, I know. I get it. I'm black. I'm sorry. We I fucked up." <laughs> <laughs> I I was asleep at the wheel on that one. I'll take that one. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't f- just fuck that category. Right. So, we're gonna, How, so we're going to so we're going to jump why up. Was Fincher not direct like yeah. Fincher wasn't Gone Girl was fucking amazing. Yeah, Fincher and, Fincher should have been in there. She should have been in there. That's easily a two replacement. You can probably drop in a third one. And you could probably drop in oh what's his face for um uh, whip uh, the for guy whiplash. for Whiplash. You could, or yeah, you could you could put him in there. Uh you could put in um Oh, my brain is just totally fucking farting right now. Fucking Dan Gilroy. Dan Gilroy would have been. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. You can put Gilroy in there. That would have been perfect. It's like you have a lot of really good choices that you didn't put in there. So I really think that was a swing and a miss on their part. Definitely. Uh, so we're gonna go to best. We're gonna go back to best actor because I think we need to talk about it in a second. But let's go talk best picture. So, uh, but so Birdman won that one again. I think that's another one I would have really rather Budapest win. Uh, but that's just me overall. Uh, I, I I was really I thought maybe no pun intended I thought Selma might be the dark horse in this and actually just pound through and win Best Picture it would have been nice it would be an awful pun if you did it tonight I did not uh, I mean that, yeah I, 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 I trust me I thought of it's it way the, ahead of time the, it's the terminology uh, no um I th- I thought Selma could have pulled it off too I was actually thinking they might just uh, I knew they were going to go Birdman right. I wasn't surprised, uh, but, but I was thinking they might swing a little different. Uh, they fucking did not. Uh, I, I felt like it would depend on where the director category did. And of course, uh, it did end up lining up with that. Right. I sometimes they, they split. Yeah, sometimes it splits. But I also felt pretty strong given the way that the award season had gone, that if Linklater had gotten director, right, uh, boyhood probably would have won. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not disappointed uh, in that category, Whiplash and Grand Budapest were my two favorites uh, of everything I've seen this year. I just didn't care that much. Gone Girl was never going to win. Um, no. With, but, you know, Whiplash, I would have, I would have loved good. to see Whiplash. That would have been amazing, but you know, never going to happen. Uh, so, yeah. but talk about let. So, I thought perhaps, I thought perhaps maybe Budapest might have had a more chance, or maybe Selma would have had a chance because of a splitting of the vote. And so, let's get to now the most splitty of the votes for the reason that this person won. So, best actor in a leading role went to Eddie Fucking Redmayne. Yeah, all all I'll say is what I said when. Uh, Jupiter Ascending came out. If if that movie had come out before the Oscar vote was going down, Whew. he would have been norbited. Uh, he is he's he's all right, right? He's good. We talked about that. He's good as Stephen Hawking. Yeah, but he he gives a really solid performance. He builds the character. Uh, that movie is shit. Uh, he is good in it. 
but uh, he's still not the best actor. No, um, Michael Keaton. Uh, he was he was a hands down favorite for this, and I think like the the vote just ended up getting split in weird fucking ways. Uh, first of all, I don't consider Steve Carell to be the main actor of that movie. That's that 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 nomination in and of itself is bugging me. Um, I mean, it was a it was a fine enough performance. Uh, is it amongst the uh, top five of, of performances, male performances of the year? No. Um, no. Bradley Cooper was fine enough in what he did. Um, I, I could I could maybe see them putting that in there, but you know, still didn't blow away. Benedict Cumberbatch does great in everything he does. This is not anything super above and beyond what he normally is capable of doing. So I didn't feel like that was delivered to the house enough. But you could tell on Redmayne's face when they called him that was the face of someone who generally did not think he was going to win and thought he had no chance in hell of winning. So him getting up on stage and that frantic thing going on, that is, that's the face of a man who was just like, there's no way I should have won this. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I will say. He knows deep down inside he did not deserve that. I I will say that it was really nice to finally see him in something where he uh, didn't look like he needed a goddamn chapstick. (laughs) Everything else is uh, the last couple (laughs) of things that just. At least someone made him up last night. They're just like, Um, get it together, man. (laughs) So. So here's here's another thing, right? Like the the one thing that uh, did not surprise me about Keaton winning is that um, the Academy routinely does not award people who are uh, doing like a comeback. Damn. They don't do that. McConaughey was 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 an exception to that. But you got to think his comeback was already like two or three years into. Yeah, I was about to say he, he'd right? been coming back for some time at that point, and and he had completely reinvented what he was doing. Right, he was no, he wasn't winning for fucking rom coms. Yeah. Okay. Um, but right, like, uh, fuck, um, Travolta didn't win for Pulp Fiction. Right, Mickey Rourke didn't win for Wrestler. Fuck, Bruce Dern did not win last year, uh, and and that fucking comeback. Yeah. Right. Seriously. Uh, was, was so much better than McConaughey's. I mean, I fucking love McConaughey and I'm glad that he won. He should not have won for Dallas Buyers Club. He should have won the fucking year before for any movie that he made the year before. <laughs> um, but uh, I just think that's part of it, man. Uh, they just don't they don't give a shit about that stuff. And so Keaton uh, may end up getting an Oscar eventually, but he's going to have to like put in some serious work and keep up the comeback if he wants to do it. Uh, and who, who knows? They probably still won't give him one. Uh, I don't, I also don't think that Keaton's ever uh, like actually played the game. No. Right. Um, I, Cause he's kind of just done whatever, but I'll tell you what uh, he's, he's had an incredible body of work. That's the, that's the other fucking thing about, about this being a uh, comeback. Right. <laughs> right. Is like, he's had, really amazing work for the past 20 years that he's turned in. Um, right. With, with, uh, bits in, uh, Jackie Brown, right. Bit parts in comedies, right. He's in the other guys, which I thought was fucking great. Oh, he's great. Night. Um, he's in out of sight for fuck's sake. In two, 1998, two, right? two different, two different movies to uh, two different companies. Same character from Jackie Brown mm-hmm, exactly, and outside. Pretty right? awesome right there. It's like when Michael Keaton does that good of a job in one movie, they're, they're like, we have to get this care. We have to get this guy back to play this character. And we're going to go, you know, we're going to go above and beyond to actually make that happen. That says something right. about that fucking, that actor, man. Yeah. And so, so, you know, like, yeah, he's done a lot of popular stuff and voice work in the past 10 years or so. 
but you know, it's not like he ever went anywhere. He's been doing really good stuff, kind of under the radar. Uh, of course he like, yeah, of course he made shitty movies. He made Jack Frost and all that other shit. Uh, but you know, McConaughey starred in several shitty movies. Uh, one that he made himself where he's a, like a pothead surfer guy, right? Like who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, but um, no. I don't know. But Keaton should have fucking won. He was the best thing about Birdman. Uh, I didn't really like his character, but he was fucking amazing. Um, and I would have liked to see him win because my fucking Mr. Mom, motherfucker. Yeah, I was, it's like I was talking to somebody the other day and I was just like, think about this, though. Even even in the stuff that he's in, he always brings something good to it. You know, I mean, think about this. You put anyone else in multiplicity. It would have been a really crap movie. But you put him in even something that's that silly and outlandish, he makes it work well enough. Yeah. You know? So, anyways. Um, so, anything else? What do, what do you think? I mean, the show itself was fine, I guess. It was whatever. I mean, it is, you know. I mean, MPH was fine. It's, they just, you know, now that John a Stewart's safe. retiring from The Daily Show, mm-hmm. they should really offer him, like, the Bob Hope position. Uh, just let him that do would it be nice. for the next 20 fucking years. And uh, that's his like regular TV gig, and then he can go and do whatever the fuck he wants to do and be happy. No, I, you're, you're, that's not a bad plan because like I, I mean, you know, seriously, he's good Bob Hope hosted the Oscars for like the first thirty six years we had them. Just give it to fucking John Stewart. He knows how to do that shit. He's good with need... people. He's interviewed three fourths of these people all the time, anyways. Yeah. Uh, he's he's you know he doesn't pull a lot of punches, so you know it'd be nice. Yeah, yeah but yeah, he's he not. He's wrong. also right like. He's as good a host as Ricky Gervais is, uh, but more likable to the community. <laughs> I was about to say, and doesn't have an air of, of jerk to him <laughs> most of the right. time. So, you know. Uh, right, exactly. People just go, oh, that's snarky Brit. Yeah, but Jon Stewart, <laughs> you know, even if, even, even like, even like the really right wing people just go, well, he's funny sometimes, you know. <laughs> As long as he's not saying George yeah. Bush sucks, he's all right with me, you know, kind of thing. So <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but uh, no, so that's it, everybody. We're we're finished talking about the Oscars. So uh, it's it's something that Thanks we don't sticking with us. We, we don't hold extra like twenty something minutes. Yeah, we don't we don't put we don't hold a lot of stuff in this. But I know it's stuff that people are uh, you know interested in in one shape or another. And uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least talk about that. And Hop Toe Time Machine too. <laughs> So what other shows doing that for you this week, kids? I don't know that there's one. So why don't you head on down to the iTunes? Give us a review like Hunter did. That'd be very much appreciated. So uh, just uh, hit all the links and everything are up on thefilmfind.com. Listen to my other podcast, uh, Hear Movie Podcast, this week reviewing I, Frankenstein. Hmm? I know you're all looking forward to it. Uh, it's funny though. That movie is terrible. It's we ha- we have a fun. You know, God, here's the thing. Terrible. Even with crappy movies, we at least you know can rip it apart enough to have fun with it. But even this one was tough to rip apart because it's just like, you know, Doctor Strange was bad enough to just it was like so bad that it's fun. This is just so bad it's bad. <laughs> so, all right. So until next week, sir. Where can we find more of your work on the interwebs? Uh, I haven't put anything up this week because I haven't watched anything, but, uh, I'll, I'll be writing some reviews at, uh, the split screen dot, uh, Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith. Uh, that's, that's kind of it. Uh, I'm still tumbling. I'll get more of that going. Uh, that's conspiracy media theory. You can just look that up on Tumblr. Uh, that's it. That's, that's where I am. Those are my spots. Cool. Don't friend me on Facebook. Don't do it. (laughs) 
don't do it. It's not worth your time. Um, <laughs> I say that as someone who's his I'm gonna, friend. I'm gonna leave that fucking shit. Um, uh, <laughs> you just you have you have such a like love hate mostly hate relationship with all social media, so it's okay. Um, but uh, so next, I, I love being on Twitter. Uh, Facebook drives me fucking nuts. I know. <laughs> so I, like. If it weren't for like having to keep in touch with family and shit, I'd be off of there. Mm. Uh, so next week, everybody, I know you've been all looking forward to this. I, you you mentioned this before about how you're really mm-hmm. excited. Next week, we got Focus coming out. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Will Smith, Marco Robbie. Hmm? Huh? Yeah. What's oh shit? Something else is coming the out. The Lazarus Effect, which kind of oh, yeah. looks I'm like I'm looking forward to that one. Pet Cemetery 2015. I guess I don't yeah, know. Good. I'm down. It, I'm ready for that. It shit. looks interesting enough. I I saw the trailer and I'm just like. This might not be good, but it might be, it'll be at least somewhat entertaining to see something like this. Uh, I don't so, know. It was like that, you know, that four week period where we were all just uh, like, like we were watching just straight shit. Uh, <laughs> um, I would see that trailer every week, and I'd be like, "That's going to be the one that breaks this streak." Luckily, <laughs> Kingsman came out before that one, and I was fucking unaware that it was coming out that early. I guess. But, you know, it's uh, funny when you when you rub your hands together and just go, "I want to see that garbage." <laughs> Not well, this garbage, least, but that garbage. Like, even if it sucks, at least I'll personally have uninterest in it. Well, right? yeah, you, yeah, you will. Like, like, at least I will have something to say. So that's what we'll be talking about next week. So uh, until then, everybody, thanks for sticking around this long, uh, extra long show here. But uh, we appreciate that so much. Uh, until next, n- 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 huh? next week, we'll be back. Matt we Smith. didn't even talk about what? Craig Robinson fucking Adam Scott in the ass. No, that was like the you. one. Okay. Anyway. All right. That's it, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next week for Matt Smith. I'm Adam Portress. Take it easy, everybody.
you know that that's that's the thing with you. You're always wanting to talk about ass fucking, and I understand. I mean, it's we have been listen the past couple of weeks. We have been reviewing shows. <laughs> I was listening. Well, I was listening to the Slash Filmcast, and I thought this was funny. Uh, they said this was the most. It's like one of the most profitable R-rated movies of all time, Fifty Shades of Grey, right. and the most profitable film of all time that mentions anal fisting. <laughs> I was like, "You're not wrong. You're not wrong." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that fucking movie! I can't wait to see what this uh, what this Whoa. focus is Whoa. about, man. Holy shit! There's apparently some controversy. Uh oh. Uh, controversy. You have we, to say it we, British. We may get into it. We may have to do a. We may have to do a little bit of a thing. Uh, apparently, this just coming out. Uh, no, the guy who won best adapted screenplay mm-hmm. uh, for um, imitation game. Uh huh. Not gay. Are you fucking for real? That's that's what he says. Really? Yeah. I mean, look, look, I'm not disparaging or anything. Seemed gay. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm not basing that entirely off of the suicide shit either. I'm basing that off of... You know what? You're right. You know, I don't think... No, he never said he was gay. He did say he tried to kill himself and stuff because he felt weird and different. He never said it was because of being gay. You're absolutely right. He just, which, which he I just, know is prejudicial. Yeah, that's uh, true. I'm not going to say that that's not. But I will say one thing that does strike me as distinctly not gay. He didn't. He was very fucking shiny. No, there was no fucking powder on him. Mm. Yeah, my gay friends would not stand for that, and they'd be like, uh, "You need to get this under control." Right. That's a good point. But no, you're right. I didn't think about that. But you're right. He 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 just he's he had a very a very a, a kind of effeminate voice. Whatever. There's I mean, welcome to the South. There's a lot of cats in here that are like straight Southern men that have a really real kind of draw to them that are just like listen. Uh, let's always. I had a joke that I would never want a Southern doctor just because like oh my God, Greg, you have cancer. That's so sad. I'm gonna go tell your wife. He just kicks off. Um, but. No, he, he, yeah, he never literally said he was gay. So he just said, look, I tried to kill myself because I felt different, and this is for all the different people that blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> did, people just, did people just ask him and stuff? They were just like, um, so thank you for being so strong to come out as, uh, as a gay member of the society. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Not gay. Well, Is that what happened? He was doing an interview after the awards, and then he said, quote, I'm not gay, but I've never talked publicly about depression before or any of that, and that was so much of what the movie was about. Huh. That is, I don't know, I don't know. that seems a little, you're right. That it was seems one a of little... the things that drew me to Alan Turing so much. I think we all feel like weirdos for different reasons. Now, what's, now, okay. I don't know, I think that motherfucker's gay. I don't know, I, you know... <laughs> But it's like you already won an award, bud. You don't have to hide your uh, light under a bushel, as it were. Uh, but um, where was my thought <laughs> pattern going? I, I don't know. That's that's so weird that he would that it would seem like this, and that would be a thing because I don't know. Uh, that's bizarre. That is that's uh, truly I'll, bizarre. I will say this: uh, this this news was posted. Uh, by several of my gay friends and uh like like they're all posting about it concurrently Mm -hmm. um 
and all of them can't believe that he's. About, yeah, yeah, exactly. And trust me, <laughs> no one, no one knows better than your gay friends to just go like, "Uh huh, you're not gay, sure." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I believe you, buddy. It's like, uh, <laughs> what's, what's the old? Uh, you know, Ray Charles could tell you're gay. It's no, I, I don't know, but it's. It, it takes away a little bit of the impact of the award, frankly. Not that he oh. really, not that that should have really gone to him, because I don't think it should have. But be that as it may, no, I don't give a shit. That, that screenplay sucked. Yeah, I'm gonna stand by that. Assert that screenplay is fucking garbage. You heard it here, folks. Garbage. You you heard it before we stopped the recording. Garbage. <laughs> garbage. <laughs>